0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Foam Frat Podcast. Tyler here. The other day I put up a post on Facebook about the race score. I was looking at some of the evidence and validation that went into trying to detect LVOs, or large vessel occlusions, uh, strokes that probably should not go to your primary stroke center, but should go to a comprehensive stroke center. And Brandon Means, my buddy from Texas, who works for Flight for Life, Also works for Paul Serra, and he does some work with them, helping set up screening tools for medical directors and programs all over the United States. And he helps them develop a score that works for them for activating the hospital for STEMI, stroke, sepsis, trauma, uh, you name it. And so I thought he would be the perfect person to have on the show to discuss the different types of stroke screenings that are out there for detecting lvo's so brandon at flight for life you guys are using a modification of the race score called the race plus can you just tell us a little bit about that
1: yeah we're we're uh using the race plus which is a variation of uh of the race score which has been it's it's really the only pre-hospital lvo score that's been validated uh so so we did not develop the race plus score we a program that, that I was, that I'd been working with in, in Florida was using this. And, uh, and so we, we started using it in our program after evaluating a few other scores. And we use it currently for our, you know, our bypass stroke protocols to make transport decisions and identify uh, stroke severity in the field.
0: All right, so you do your race score, and I will put that score in the show notes with all the criteria. And if you get over a five according to the traditional race score, uh, then that's pretty sensitive and specific for an LVO. Um, is that the same with the race score plus?
1: Uh, With the race plus, it's a little bit different. Uh, You you still look at the at the numeric value, but um, it's it's more looking at just those three cortical stroke signs that are that are indicative of a large vessel occlusion. And so, if you have one or more of those, uh, it's it you know there's a plus added to the score. So that tells the receiving hospital that. Uh, it's likely that uh, this patient may be experiencing a large vessel occlusion.
0: All right. Well, if you don't mind, let's get into those three cortical signs that this may be a large vessel occlusion.
1: Sure. And so the the verbiage kind of varies a little bit from region to region, but uh, what you really are looking for with, and, and this is with most of these LVO scores, whether you're using the VAN or the RACE or uh, uh, the LAMS, uh, the the, the mass that they use in Australia, there, there are a few of them out there and there, there are more coming out, you know, know, every week I hear a new one, uh, but they're all pretty much looking for the same things and uh, which is uh, gaze deviation, uh, aphasia, and then agnosia or, or neglect. So if you can, those are kind of the three that they're that uh, indicative of, of uh, your typical anterior circulation, large vessel occlusion, which is, you know, most of the time going to be like your MCA uh, vessel uh, these, are, these are all really good at picking up those anterior circulation strokes.
0: Now with the gaze deviation, they're going to have hemianopsia on one side. So they're gonna kind of have a, a blackout or loss of vision in half of the field. And so their eyes will start to deviate towards the area that they can see. And uh, typically uh, that'll be off to the right. So if you see them looking off to the right, that would mean that they have the hemianopsia to the left And that that vision in that area is either blacked out or blurred or somewhat distorted. And so they will look off to the right. Is that correct? Yes.
1: Yep. And that's usually pretty indicative of, of a massive stroke.
0: And then the next one you mentioned, aphasia, I think commonly gets misunderstood because it's not the lack of the ability to speak, uh, but more so the ability to understand what is being said to them. Uh, So the patient may be speaking just fine, uh, but when you ask them something or you try to get them to follow a command, uh, they're not able to make sense of what you're saying. It's kind of a foreign language to them.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people, you know, kind of uh, they'll interpret that as, as a slurring of speech where that, that's absolutely uh, not aphasia. So, uh, it, you know, it can be uh, identified as either a language disturbance in the brain or difficulty following commands. So it's not only it's not just expressive aphasia, right, or difficulty uh, verbalizing your thoughts. It's also uh, it can be a difficulty um, understanding.
0: So I'm guessing aphasia has got to be a little bit harder to score. How are you uh, putting this into a quantitative measurement?
1: So, so there are, you know aphasia is a little bit different than gaze deviation. Uh, whereas in gaze deviation, it's either there or not. It's a it's a uh, it's either uh, absent or present. Uh, with aphasia, you know, you can have moderate aphasia, so, you know, some difficulty following commands or talking, uh, but then with severe aphasia, uh, basically the patient will not be able to follow any commands or uh, or
0: speak. All right. And the last one's got a fancy name too. What is that? Uh, agnosia. So
1: that's basically the inability to recognize an object.
0: So, you know, you
1: would ask the patient, um whose arm is this? And you could you know, show them their arm or your arm. Uh, usually we'll show them their own arm. And if they recognize that arm, you can ask them, does, you know, does your arm feel weak? So then that's uh, just like aphasia, that's uh, scored either a zero, a one, or a two for, for normal, moderate, or severe. So, you know, moderate would be they don't recognize the arm or they deny impairment. So they realize that, yes, this is my arm, but it's not weak, where in fact it is weak. If they can't lift it off the bed, uh, that would be a one. If they don't recognize the arm uh, and they deny impairment, then that's, that's considered severe. So that would score a two. So on your, on your traditional race, uh, you know, that, those, you know uh, you could, if you just had severe agnosia and gaze deviation, you'd already be at a three. Uh, whereas... With the Race Plus, uh, again, that cumulative score hasn't been validated since it's just kind of a spin-off of the race. It's just a little bit, a little, uh, a little, little more consistent since we don't see a ton of stroke patients in the field. Uh, you can replicate that a little bit uh, more effectively, I guess, with your typical EMS agency that's, that doesn't have, you know, like I work for, we don't get to train on stroke every day. So we want something to uh, be re- reproducible.
0: Now, Brandon, it sounds like you and I are both pretty fortunate to have these comprehensive stroke centers uh, pretty close. Close to our area, but what if you're listening to this and you don't? And you're going, dude, am I really supposed to bypass these hospitals to get a patient to a comprehensive stroke center an hour away? You know, that sounds insane. What's what's your response to that? In my opinion, the window is just so much larger
1: for for large vessel strokes, right? Now, with advanced imaging, with uh, uh, CT perfusion and and MRI and MRA, uh, some of these uh, endovascular centers or comprehensive stroke centers are doing these procedures up to 24 hours after uh, the patient was last seen normal. So you don't have to be uh, an hour away from a comprehensive stroke center to be looking for LVO early.
0: Now, I know it's not very uncommon for us to do a scene flight for a stroke patient or uh, go retrieve them from one of the smaller tertiary centers to get them to a comprehensive stroke center. Are you seeing the same thing uh, with Flight for Life?
1: Yeah, I would say uh, more and more often now we're getting launched early uh, for strokes just because of the uh, now we have a comprehensive stroke center in our area. Uh, It's a we've we've done more training, more education. Uh, I think things kind of changed a few years back when when the first study came out that really showed a benefit for endovascular. uh, The Mr. Clean study that kind of, uh, you know, really pushed forward a few other studies that all showed very similar results. And uh, since then, I think that uh, it's kind of caught fire across across the United States and, and some other areas in the world.
0: Awesome. All right, Brandon. So you got this patient. They uh, met your criteria for cortical signs of an LVO. Uh, you're sending the alert to your comprehensive stroke unit, and you arrive. Are they taking you straight to the cath lab? Are they kind of holding you over in the ED a little bit? How fluid is that transition for you?
1: Uh, you know, it varies. It's uh, you probably have the same experience. You, you may have you may take you know two. Uh, identical patients to the same facility and have uh, completely different uh, completely different experience both times, uh, depending on the on the physician and the crew makeup and and you know so many other variables. Uh, but I do think that more and more they're starting to uh, realize that we're able to assess some of these things in the field and and uh, even if they're not calling in everyone uh, right off the bat, I think they are uh, definitely starting to mobilize the proper resources based on our findings.
0: One of the things I think is important if you're listening to this is not to just give a radio report and tell them you have a race score of this or a VAN score, LAM score, blah, 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 ABC score. It's important that you set that score and the footwork of that and what that means for your organization and what that means the hospital should be expecting way before that actually happens and that sounds like that's what you're doing with pulsera uh, but if you're listening to this and you want to start screening for these lvo's you know meet with your medical directors meet with your training personnel uh, the leaders within your organization and come up with all the footwork now and don't just spring this score on them it's not something generic like uh, the gcs where everybody kind of knows what you're talking about with that uh, this is different And because there's so many of these scores, it's probably really important uh, that you find one that works for your organization and then you uh, stick with that and make sure everybody's on the same page.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a very good point. You know, it's it's not really as important uh, which score we're doing, but but. Really, um, that everyone in the region can have a consensus on. Hey, w- which score are we going to go with? We're all You know, a few of them are measuring some most of the same parameters. Uh, but if if I'm calling in a report and I've done a van or a race, and the hospital doesn't know what that is, it doesn't know how to interpret that. It's not doing the patient any good. And the the whole point of doing these scores is so the hospital can mobilize the correct resources and we can identify these, these patients early. If not, we're just, we're wasting our time. We might as well just stick to the Cincinnati and, and go. I mean, that's that's definitely, you have to do the groundwork. And, and just as importantly, you know, we have to involve the hospitals or, or so, you know, sometimes these initiatives are led by the hospital, but more and more we're seeing uh, regional systems of care led by EMS, and that that's been pretty cool to watch because that's never been the case up until you know fairly recently. Uh, that EMS has been able to lead change uh, in some of these health systems that they may or may not even be affiliated with um, professionally. You know that they uh, these task forces that we've worked with some stroke task forces uh, that basically go to competing health systems within a region and say, hey. Uh, here's the research that shows that this is uh, why we should be doing this specific stroke score, and so this is what we would like to use. Can we all get on the same page? Uh, and and it's and it's happening. And so you know, LVO identification is really uh, kind of the holy grail of of stroke care delivery now uh, in the pre-hospital world, and uh, and it has to be everyone, or it just it's just not effective.
0: All right. So you determine it's an LVO. Is anything changing? After that point, are you still just doing your routine stroke care? Are you changing anything with your assessment? Uh, what does that look like for you?
1: We we used to to do a full NIH evaluation on these strokes in the field, and and what we found was that we didn't do enough of them to to really be consistent at it. Um, uh, even you know when I was working in the ICU for a few years, I was working cardiac stuff, right? And every now and then, my patient would you know have a stroke. I I was not. Uh, I I didn't have any business uh, performing an NIH. So I would call the neuro ICU nurse and they would come over there and and do it. So uh, I think that uh, we've learned a lot in what to do for these large vessel strokes initially and then uh, then in transport. Really, it's just I think 90 percent of it is getting them to the right facility and not so much what we're doing in route.
0: Awesome, brother. Well, you guys are doing great stuff down there at Flight for Life. You got a fantastic group of clinicians and you were doing some really good stuff on your own as well. I saw uh, you were just appointed as the president for the Texas EMS Association. What's up with that, man?
1: We've been working for a couple of years on building a statewide association here in Texas for uh, to represent the individual EMS uh, professional. A- instead of representing companies and, and organizations, uh, we we built this to uh, to offer some benefits and uh, try to get some some bills passed to Im- you know to improve the uh, the working conditions and the uh, the quality of life, uh, so to speak, for the individual EMS providers. So yeah, we're it's a work in progress, and uh, obviously it's a work in progress if they uh, if they ask me to be president. So. <laughs>
0: Brandon, how do people get a hold of you if they got some questions regarding the race score, or uh, any of these LVO screening tests?
1: Sure. So Twitter, AggieMedic30 uh, is my handle. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm on Facebook quite a bit, usually just uh, trolling your posts. But uh, every now and then I'll put something uh, clinically relevant, but
0: uh, few and far between. So here's the thing with Brandon and I. We see each other at all these conferences that uh, we teach at, and it was you, I, and uh, Greg Brown in Oregon. We went out to eat, and we were watching the Ed Bassmaster video where he does the. Uh, which you just look at it, and he's. If you don't, if you've never seen it, this isn't gonna make sense. I'll put a video in the show notes. Uh, but Brandon does the best impression of this guy. Uh, can you just give us a little example, Brandon? Would you
1: look at that? <laughs> look at that. Look at that! Look at that! The first thing I do is just look at
0: them. All right. So as we uh, conclude this podcast, we are going to play a song called clots in big places it's just a small clip of it Uh, but if you want to hear the song in its entirety uh, you will show up to fast 19 and you will see brandon and i wearing cowboy hats with the string tightened all the ways to the chin i'm thinking little pistols and spurs and we will be performing this song
1: i'm down for it man it's been a it's been a while since i've uh since i've uh, performed in public it's been about 35 years actually (laughs)
0: Dude, thanks so much for coming on, man. It's good to talk to you, and I look forward to seeing you again, brother.
1: My pleasure, man. We'll talk to you soon. Blame it
0: on my crew for bringing me to you instead of a C.S.C. That's a comprehensive stroke center. My eyes were the first thing to go. Feel like I'm the only one who knows. I need an to thrombectomy. Well, I saw the surprise. In the E.D. Doc's eyes As he calculated my race score He said you're over five So to keep you alive I'm flying you out of this place Cause you've got clocks big vessels, score to kick off signs And deficits So you've got clocks.